Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump desperately want Trump gone, and I I know that they desperately want it codified, that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes, and I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not, which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back, my friends. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio program on the clock. You know, I just say it very basically. I'm a mom. I am a mom who looks at the world from 30,000 feet, my friends. It is not complicated. But when you're down in the trenches, it's hard to see the landscape. It's hard to see how everybody's moving around you. If you go up a little bit and you look down, it seems very clear. The left has been told. The left has told the media it's time to get rid of, of Joe Biden, period. Time to get rid of Joe Biden. And how do you know this? Well, certainly polling is polling. You can believe it or not. I don't know. I think it's intriguing. I don't bank on it. It's intriguing to look at trends. But when the Wall Street Journal... The Wall Street Journal editorial page editor doesn't just write about what's going on with the Biden crime family syndicate. He goes through and he takes Jamie Comer's video that Comer and whomever does their video production for the House Republicans put out a very basic three minute flow chart. This is where the money came from. This is into whose account it was deposited. It was then transferred from this bank to this person through this LLC, one of 20 different shell companies that the Biden family ran. And then it was deposited from that LLC. A withdrawal was made that went into this person's bank account. Then they took out cash, deposited in this bank account, and then gave it to Joe Biden. And that money just happens to represent 10% for the big guy. Now, we've all been paying attention to this. This is, of course, something that the media don't talk about. This is something, in fact, that I hope House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan asks Prosecutor David Weiss tomorrow. He's going to be testifying behind closed doors. I don't get that. We pay for you people. 
You waste our money. You waste our time. You lie to us. You run interference for criminals. Get your butt in front of the damn chair, sit it down, turn on the cameras, and let's go. That's called accountability. They're, they cannot hide from this anymore. And they're allowing it to seep out in these iterations, just like Mark Kelly here from the Wall Street Journal editorial page. I want you to imagine, don't just pay attention to what he's saying, because he's telling you facts, okay? Facts that the Wall Street Journal has failed to tell for a long time, kind of like 60 Minutes. They suck too. Used to be interesting. Suck. And allow yourself to flow up, float up several thousand feet and look down and see what's going on. Audio soundbite number one. This is the Wall Street Journal editorial page editor, Mark Kelly, now covering the Biden schemes using Jamie Comer's own video. This period is period huge period. Go. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what are you talking about? China. The latest revelations in the House Oversight Committee investigation into Biden family business dealings involves a two checks that landed in Joe Biden's personal bank account. One was for $40,000, the other $200,000. We've proven the family had over 20 shell companies. We had proven they've had all these bank accounts. Now we have enough bank accounts in, John, where we can actually trace the money back to the source. According to the committee's latest bank records memo, the first check was written to Joe Biden on September the 3rd, 2017, after a series of complicated financial transactions. The memo alleges that earlier that same year, Hunter Biden and his business associates forged a venture with CEFC, an energy company with connections to the Chinese government, which obliged it to contribute a $10 million capital payment. When the money didn't arrive, Hunter, on July 30th, reportedly sent a WhatsApp message to CEFC associate Raymond Zhao, which in part reads, I am sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. How involved were you in your son's Chinese shakedown text message? Were you sitting there? Were you involved? Were you involved? Were you? No. No. This is huge. The Wall Street Journal covering this would be like the Washington Post covering this. It is the admission that they had been covering all of this up while people such as myself have been doggedly abused, right, for talking about it. Don't you think you need to know this is the biggest story in the world? A corrupt, a potentially corrupt president of the United States for whom the Department of Justice is running cover, for whom an amazing smokescreen was created called January 6th, for whom people lied under oath to send away innocent people to prison. In audio soundbite number two of this explanation of the Wall Street Journal editorial page editor Mark Kelly. Because remember, 
These cats haven't covered this. He's going to walk through the flow chart and show how the money went from China to Hunter to Sarah to Joe. Listen. The WhatsApp message continued with a warning from Hunter. I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. It looked to have worked. First, Northern International Capital, a Chinese company associated with CEFC, wired $5 million to Hudson West 3, a joint venture established by Hunter Biden and a CEFC associate. Remember, a CEFC is the energy company with connections to the Chinese government. Then Hudson West 3 sent $400,000 to an entity owned and controlled by Hunter Biden. That was called a Wasco PC. Next, Hunter Biden wired $150,000 to Lion Hall Group, a company owned by James and Sarah Biden. James is Joe Biden's brother. Sarah is James's wife. He has to lay it out like it's baby steps because they're playing that much catch up. Oh no, we don't have to hide him anymore. We don't have to cover it anymore. We're allowed to do it, but we've not been doing it. So how do we do this again? Says the Wall Street Journal, but they're doing it. The next audio soundbite is Mark Kelly saying, but wait a minute, there's 10% for the big guy. What? Go. Sarah Biden then withdrew $50,000 in cash from Lion Hall Group. Later the same day, she deposited it into her and James Biden's personal checking account. So where does Joe Biden figure in all this? A few days later, Sarah Biden cut a check to Joe Biden for $40,000. $40,000 is 10% of that original $400,000 transfer payment, and a percentage that may sound familiar as a claim by a former Hunter business associate that a piece of the CEFC was earmarked for Joe Biden. On May 13, 2017, I received an email concerning allocation of equity, which says 10% held by H for the big guy. In that email, there's no question that H stands for Hunter, big guy for his father, Joe Biden. And of course, the excuse that they've used for all of these transfers of money, these checks, all loan repayments. Listen. So what do Biden defenders say that the $40,000 was for? The memo line of the check said, loan repayment. Which may well be true. I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business. The second check to Mr. Biden, again from James and Sarah Biden, was for $200,000. According to House Oversight, in 2018, James Biden received $600,000 in loans from a rural hospital operator called AmeriCorps, which was struggling financially. Company bankruptcy documents say James Biden received these loans based upon representations that his last name, Biden, could open doors and that he could obtain a large investment from the Middle East based on his political connections. On March 1st, 2018, AmeriCorps wired a $200,000 loan into James and Sarah Biden's personal bank account, not their business bank account. And then on the very same day, James Biden wrote a $200,000 check from this same personal bank account to Joe Biden. 
It's so odd how that works. Do you understand how huge this is? This is called victory, death by a thousand cuts, the ultimate undoing of Joe Biden. And there's one more audio soundbite you need to hear because this Wall Street Journal guy is going to say, and the White House has been flip-flopping. Huh. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned in to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. You know, every now and again, you got to have a little theme music to remind you of that super suspicious cocaine-laced baggie in the White House. Man, I wish we had Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Shaggy, Scooby, they could be on that. We'd have that be solved like last year. This is, this is the Wall Street Journal editorial page editor, Mark Kelly. This is the final thing he says. As the Wall Street Journal has been given the green light, go ahead, it's okay. You can report about the Biden family syndicate. It's all right. This is the last thing this guy is going to say. And he's going to call out the inconsistent story from the various minions of suck in Joe Biden's administration. All right. Flip flop McGraw. Here's Mark Kelly from The Wall Street Journal. Again, the check memo line said that this was a loan repayment, which it may well have been. But the fact remains that the White House has already changed its response regarding the president's a business relationship with his son. The president ha was never in business with his son. And now it's changed again. Mr. Biden did not profit from his family members' business ventures, reads ranking oversight Democrat Jamie Raskin's statement. With James Comer's latest bank memo, a question about the Biden family's business dealings are mounting. The bank records don't end here. There's more to come. Bank records don't lie, ladies and gentlemen, as much as Jamie Raskin wants us to believe his lies. I think for a minute about the many times he has emerged from various moments of discovery, if you will, when the various committees have gotten access to certain things. Remember that FD 1023, it's an unclassified form that an FBI confidential human source trusted and well compensated by the Department of Justice for more than a decade said and filled out in this form that he has audio evidence of Joe and Hunter accepting bribes. Audio evidence. And when Comer asked Chris Ray of the FBI to present that document. What did they do? Stonewall, lie, drag out the clock, not respond. And finally, release something so heavily redacted that you couldn't even tell what it was all about. And Comer put his foot down, no more. Well, I want to get back to him. I told you we were going to pepper in some of his weekend sound. And this is what he says. This scheme that the Bidens, who on paper just look like a bunch of blockheads and arguably are, they ran something relatively sophisticated. And it had to be because they had absolutely no skill. They offered no service. There was no business. And they needed it to be under the radar. Here's Jamie Comer. Listen. It's been very difficult not only to obtain all of the bank statements, but to put the pieces together. Again, I can't emphasize this enough. This was a very organized 
criminal scheme by the Bidens. And here's the problem for Joe Biden. He lied about his knowledge and involvement of his family's shady influence peddling schemes. We've proven the family was influence peddling. Even the Democrats and the media won't touch that. We have proven the Bidens were influence peddling. Now what we're looking at is Joe's involvement. And what we have proven in the last two weeks with the checks to Joe Biden is Joe Biden benefited directly from his fa family's shady influence peddling scheme. And it doesn't matter whether or not they come up with some type of document that says it was a loan, which it wasn't, but let's just say that they come up with something. The only way they could have paid Joe Biden it's through the family's influence peddling. So either Joe Biden got a $240,000 kickback, which he didn't pay taxes on, or Joe Biden actually did make a loan to the family and they paid him back through proceeds of influence peddling hmm. and 40000 of that being the 10% from that CEFC deal where wow. Joe Biden was the big guy. Either way, Joe Biden's $240,000 better off because of his family's criminal activity. Either way, Joe Biden is $240,000 richer because of these schemes. And they've only started digging into this. Would you believe me if I said to you, the Department of Justice doctored video evidence that could have been pivotal in the trials of several of the Oath Keeper January 6 defendants, men who got sentenced to prison, would you be surprised if I told you the DOJ has been caught altering or withholding that evidence? No, you would not be surprised. This story is monstrous. The degree to which these people have lied and cheated and the number of lives that have been lost caught in the whole skirmish twisting away in the dc gulag oh boy get ready it is next on the wendy bell radio program welcome back to the wendy bell radio program my friends how about me dropping this statement on you right now tell me how this makes you feel proof that the DOJ edited video footage to incriminate Oath Keepers at trial. Would you be surprised? I would not be surprised. I am trying to contain my emotions because these sorts of stories make me want to throat punch people. I, I think a lot of us have a very difficult time wrapping our, our minds around bad people if you're not somebody who would lie or or cheat or steal from someone or create and concoct false stories in order to manipulate other people you don't expect people to do it to you but when we find that it has been done and that there are innocent people likely who've been punished who have been beaten who have been tortured in prison because of this manipulation and this deceit i'm done so i want to read you this story it is from the gateway pundit and it's very important because there is no justice 
if the people who work for the Justice Department work purposefully to screw over conservatives while simultaneously giving an unlawful pass to the people on the left who break the law. And that's where we are. The headline says this, confirmed. Proof that the DOJ edited video footage to incriminate Oath Keepers at trial. Now new video proves the Department of Justice main witness lied during testimony. It just so happens that that main witness is the head of Nancy Pelosi's security detail under the umbrella of the United States Capitol Police. Isn't that intriguing? Here's the story. In July, there has been proof, there had been proof offered that the DOJ edited this video to incriminate the Oath Keepers during their trial. Now, New evidence that the DOJ star witness in the Oath Keepers trial, special agent David Lazarus, lied under oath and was not present during an alleged confrontation as he testified in court. He was in a different location. Now, if we know that the U.S. Capitol has 1,700 cameras on it, in it, around it, focused, trained on it. 1,700. That's where you get a lot, a lot, a lot of video from January 6th. We already know it's more than 40,000 hours. In addition to, of course, or that is including people who were there, who were recording. In July of 2023, the co-hosts of a program called Cowboy Logic, they're on Real America's Voice, released some evidence that the Biden DOJ edited video from January 6th in order to convict innocent January 6th protesters and Oath Keeper members. This is a very serious charge, and these two hosts provided all of the evidence on their program. They then sent the Gateway Pundit a synopsis that goes as follows. During the trials, all three Oath Keeper trials, the issue of guarding Capitol Police Officer Harry Dunn was a critical point. The Oath Keepers correctly testified that they encountered Harry Dunn, who was stressing out because he was alone and considerably outnumbered as the protesters made their way through the Capitol. So Dunn is a, a U.S. Capitol Police Officer. He finds himself in the Capitol building near the rotunda in a very specific area right by the speaker's office, right by Pelosi's office. There's a, a staircase that winds up near the rotunda up to the speaker's area. And it is outside that office that this altercation, this issue took place. Now, the story is that this Dunn guy said he had... Terrible interactions, antagonistic interactions. He felt unsafe. He felt threatened by these four members of the Oath Keepers, which is very interesting because the Oath Keepers say that they actually were trying to calm him down. 
who are the Oath Keepers? They're not this radical group of right-wing wackos who ride around in Jeeps with no doors and are doing jungle gym exercises while rolling around in ghillie suits. These are people who took an oath to the Constitution, whether they be in the U.S. military or in some auspice of law enforcement, and continue after their employment that commitment, that oath to protect and to serve against enemies foreign and domestic, right? And there are like 35,000 of them. This is a big organization. These are not people who get caught doing things that are against the law because they are the law in their own way. These four Oath Keepers said, look, we saw this guy. He was, he was armed. He had an AR-15, okay? We didn't want him to panic and, and to feel like the walls were closing in. And so because these are trained people in military and law enforcement exercises, it's who they are, they encircled him, turned his back so that he couldn't see the stream of protesters coming into the Capitol Rotunda, and they, they, they turned down the temperature of the situation and ultimately moved him out of the area. That is what they say they did. And there should be video evidence to corroborate that. And there is video evidence to corroborate that, which mysteriously was not presented during the January 6th unselect committee hearings. Video was presented up to a point where you could see the four creating a circle around Officer Dunn, and then it stops. And the people who were presenting, the prosecutors in this, we're saying, you know what? There was a malfunction of the tape there. It was damaged or destroyed. Well, that's not even close to what happened. What happened was it showed those Oath Keeper members escorting calmly, diffusing the situation and keeping Dunn from wigging out, escorting him out of the area, which is contrary to how he testified Dunn did before the January 6th committee. That is the problem. According to January 6th defendant Kelly Meggs and other Oath Keepers, Officer Dunn's testimony changed throughout their trials. His final testimony was that he felt threatened by the Oath Keepers. From the evidence we have gathered at the Gateway Pundit, this is them writing this, we believe Harry Dunn was not being honest during his testimony, and there's now video to confirm this. During their trials, video footage provided by the prosecution was presented and given as evidence to the defense. These are for the three Oath Keepers who were sentenced. As the members of this program, Cowboy Logic, found out, the video is roughly two hours in length. However, it stops at a critical point. Around the 55-minute timestamp, around 48 minutes into the video file, you're going to see different people enter in and out of frame that wasn't presented to the Oath Keeper's defense. The end result is that during the Oath Keeper's trial, video footage that shows the Oath Keepers guarding Officer Dunn in a semicircle facing away from Dunn and speaking with protesters to diffuse anger or any hostile actions towards the officer was never seen in court and could not substantiate the Oath Keeper's claims that that's what they were doing. It was edited out by the prosecution. And the prosecution is your department of justice. No Oath Keeper trials. No Oath Keeper in trials one, two, or three ever saw this footage. 
And because of that, three people, likely innocent of any kind of wrongdoing, were sent away to prison, some as long as 18 years. I think that's what Kelly Meggs got. It should be noted, of course, the full video is public domain now. Has not been hard to uh, obtain, apparently. The longest clip that was shown in court was about three minutes, 36 seconds long. But the video starts up about three minutes after the Oath Keepers had moved on out of the way. Can you imagine a Department of Justice so desperate to create and to perpetuate the story of insurrection would create such an amazing and elaborate scheme using Capitol Police officers to lie under oath about feeling antagonized when every single Oath Keeper testified that their job was to maintain peace, to act as a barrier between people who are walking in, who had malintent, and preventing the Capitol Police from getting injured. And those men have now gone away, some for more than a decade. This is only part of the story because this gentleman, the Capitol Police Special Agent David Lazarus, who lied during his testimony, was on another floor at the time in which he said he saw this officer Dunn being harassed by the Oath Keepers. He wasn't even nearby. Video from another floor shows him in a complete different part of the Capitol building. These men lied under oath. The prosecution used doctored video from the Department of Justice and created a false narrative that the Oath Keepers and, by default, the Proud Boys were the ones who instigated this, quote, threat to democracy. This quote-unquote, rebellion, which is the main reason why in Colorado right now they want to get Donald Trump's name off the ballot because of something they created, because of security Nancy Pelosi denied a dozen times, because of evidence they had to doctor in order to continue to perpetuate this narrative. Are you at all surprised? I am sick inside. But you already know Jacob Chansley was in solitary confinement. For what exactly? Right. For walking into the Capitol building and saying a prayer and thanking police for their time. But wait, it gets worse. It gets much worse. We're going to give you the testimony next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. So it's very disturbing. We just got a glimpse of the manifesto from the transgender shooter in Nashville who walked into the school and mowed everybody down. It's taken this long. uh, And it's not the narrative that the left wants. This is a deeply troubled, indoctrinated young person 
who has been drinking in the toxic talking points of crazy for far too long. Now, there is a mental component to everybody who decides to take a firearm out of the auspice of war, etc., and just mow people down. It's undeniable. But for the first words to be, kill those kids, those crackers, going to private fancy schools with those fancy khakis and sports backpacks. With their daddy's Mustangs and convertibles, F you. This is the manifesto of crazy. This is what is being created on the left. This is who is being spawned by your political activist teacher base. It's not just in colleges and universities. I noticed it years ago. I was in college starting in 1988. It was clearly identifiable then. It was clearly the religion of the left then. It has only gotten more toxic. It has only gotten more dangerous. It is only more unhinged now. It is sickening. It is, undef- it is indefensible. And it is clearly grown. The seeds are sown in school. And now we're seeing this ridiculous and rabid activism in support of savagery, of barbarism, of vile loathing, of ethnic cleansing. We, we have in the United States House of Representatives right now, we have a Democrat Congresswoman who put on Twitter from the river to the sea and referred to it as an aspirational call for freedom, human rights, and a peaceful existence, unless you're a Jew, in which case that means your extermination. And we have people scaling the fences of the White House. We have a media trying to downplay, turn down the, the heat on the bubbling cauldron of, of left-wing suck activism. We have police putting out press conferences or putting out notices saying that it was a peaceful demonstration, only one arrest, no big deal, bullcrap. And that they strongly support people exercising their First Amendment rights. Do you see the ocean of people in this country that you've not seen before who are now here? They've set up shop. They're in your neighborhoods. They're filling up their carts at your local stores on whose dime? Where's the money coming from? Well, there you go. It's Joe Biden's plan. Don't you know? I want to get back to Jamie Comer. Got an audio soundbite of his that I think is very interesting. Even moderate Republicans are catching on to the suck. And in this particular clip, 
Maria Bartiromo is going to bring up Don Bacon. And he is a an ex- extremely moderate, one might say, rhino Republican. But this give and go is very interesting. This is how you know the tide is turning. Go. I know it's been hard to get all of the Republicans on the same page for a long time. We saw that play out in the speaker's race. But I see that your colleague, Don Bacon, tweeted out this video from The Wall Street Journal explaining the influence peddling potential here. Uh, Tell me uh, about that and how important that is that you see somebody like a Don Bacon tweeting this out. He says this Wall Street Journal video explains the $240,000 payments that President Biden received from his son and brother and where that money originated from. The president must address this because this looks like old fashioned corruption. Your thoughts, Don Bacon. Don Bacon's one of the most respected members of Congress. In fact, he was the guy that a lot of moderate Democrats wanted to uh, try to get elected Speaker of the House. You know, Don Bacon doesn't want to do an unnecessary impeachment. He, he's a straight shooter. He's a moderate, good guy. But it's obvious that Joe Biden's lying about this. Politico, which has attacked me for nine months for having the audacity to lead an investigation of Joe Biden, they published a story today outlining numerous lies that Joe Biden has said about his family's influence peddling scheme. I mean, Politico's late Mm -hmm. to the game, but better late than ever. What you're seeing, Maria, is momentum uh, at the obvious, the obvious being that the wow. j- the president of the United States has lied about his family's criminal activity and he was a central figure in the influence peddling scheme. So the tide is turning. Ken Buck, Don, or Don, Don Bacon, putting out the same video I just showed you about the Wall Street Journal finally waking up. It's interesting. But I want to get damning now. Who has access to those 41,000 hours? Well, thanks to House Oversight, Glenn Beck's Blaze Media. The Blaze.com got their hands on all of the video. And they have poured through it. And they have found some damning, damning things that, of course, they, people don't want you to know about. I have to tell you about this. Because it directly ties back to Nancy Pelosi. Is anybody surprised because her fingerprints are all over the sock that was January 6th? We'll outline it for you with the Blaze Media's evidence next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. <laughs> 